0: Both times the world burned, the spiders were there, watching. The first time took them all by surprise. Most were caught in the immolation's wake, incinerated into dust or cooked slowly, leaving their curled-up corpses to litter the dirt in the aftermath. They shut the door in time, banished the flames before everything was consumed but their home. This place was scarred. But time heals, or so they say. A town grew again from the ruins, new roots bursting from the husk of a dead stump. Others came, lived, died here. And the spiders watched. They saw chasms being gouged deep into the rock. They heard every thud when a miner fell dead. They saw trees begin to grow. They saw them spread like choking weeds. They saw the woman get shoved under the water. They watched until the bubbles stopped and the murk gleamed red. The spiders saw it all. All the secrets and whispers of this place they ensnared in their webs. You see, the spiders never forgot what lurked behind the door, what lay buried beneath the earth. They knew the flames would not be stifled forever. And so here, in this place, they wait they watch they're watching you now can you see them tucked between the folds of darkness in that far corner of the room can you hear them near silent legs skittering across the windowsill can you feel them that pinprick on the back of your neck those little hairs twitching across your spine a quick sharp bite behind your ear The spiders are here because this is a place steeped in stories and blood and the dark things you don't dare voice, let alone even think. A place that became the victim of its own longevity, because just as years can heal, they also obscure. This is a place where truth became legend, legend became rumor, warnings that, with enough time, were watered down into a nursery rhyme. There once was a witch who lived in the woods, who gobbled up children as fast as she could. She'd boil them in pots full of spiders and snakes till old man Spillman drowned her in the lake. We thought we were safe from that old crone, and... (laughs) Hush, child. You don't
1: know the story you pretend to tell. There once was a witch who lived in the woods and she was sick of hiding. See you soon.
0: intro huh i (laughs) don't know who that was
2: yeah what's going on (laughs) yeah what
0: the fuck welcome to season two of dread and breakfast holy shit yes my name is marissa and i will be your dreaded game master with me we have our players and my very best friends introduce yourself players
2: Hello, it's me, I'm Jacob, and I'm here, and I'm excited, and this is going to be a good time.
3: (laughs) Hello, my name is Christy, and I'm so ready! I'm so excited!
4: (laughs) Hi, I'm Bob, and yes, this will be a very spooky season.
0: So if you are new here, welcome... This is a show where we play Dread, which is a horror RPG written by Epidia Ravikol, mm. where the fate of players' actions is determined not by rolling dice, but by pulling a block from a tower that is similar yet legally distinct from Jenga. A successful pull means you succeed in the action your character is trying to take, but if a player is unsuccessful and knocks a tower over, their character is doomed <laughs> and will be removed from the game, often through death. So with all of that out of the way, let's get into it. Our story opens on a rundown rest stop at the edge of a very lonely road. Um, The turnoff leading up to it is riddled with potholes. The building is squat. There's paint peeling off of the sides. There is a single gas pump, dubious as to whether or not it's still working and there are a couple of picnic tables in various states of wobbly um to the field beside it we see your car turn into this rest stop parking lot you have all been driving for several hours at this point and you have watched planes grow into hills that are just starting to break into mountains your destination is still over an hour away but this is the last rest stop and your last chance to stretch your legs before you arrive at the small, isolated town of Spillman. So your car pulls in, you park, you stop. Who is the first to get out of the car?
4: I jump out, I like push the door open, fall out of the back uh, seat. It's basically, uh, y'all seen that movie, The Pacifier, where the kid just like jumps out and is like, land, and like jumps on the tree lawn and starts kissing it. (laughs) It's like that, except I'm just like, oh my God, this is taking so long. Why are we driving 10 miles under the speed limit? (laughs) Ugh.
0: So, Fabrice, could you describe your character and tell us what their name is as well?
4: Of course. Hello, everyone. I'm Toast, Uh, he, him, the annoying 16-year-old-ish person, the annoying high schooler, let's call me. (laughs) I am here, not necessarily uh, of my own volition.
0: Ominous. (laughs) (laughs)
4: And... I'm I'm an annoying prankster.
2: Basically. But a hilarious one.
4: And that's what <laughs> someone thinks. And by God, do I appreciate them for thinking that.
0: <laughs> so, Toast, you, you tumble out of the car very dramatically. I think just full spread eagle, just like on the ground, just completely... in the grass
4: no i think i'm in the parking the part just
0: on asphalt (laughs) in the lot yeah on
4: in (laughs) in the in the parking spot next to us just going like do it run me over end me (laughs) (laughs) this drive is taking too long death would be preferable
0: well speaking of death thank you for this beautiful segue oh no Uh, i would like to ask all of you, after you introduce your character to make an introductory pull from our wooden tower to get things a little more rickety. So if you would be so kind, Toast.
4: I would.
0: Only one. Only Nothing one? too terrible. Okay. Only one.
3: I can do one.
0: It's a new season. I'm trying to be more benign.
3: <laughs> benign? I don't think that intro was benign. I think that intro was pretty spicy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first pull of the season.
0: Nicely done. So, Toast, as you lie there on the asphalt, Um, Christine and Jacob, your characters, both see this. <laughs> Who comes out? I shut off the car, and I get out
3: of the car, and I'm just looking down at him, and I'm like, you're wasting time doing this, you do realize. <laughs> and? We'll get there sooner if this stop goes faster.
4: While your argument is logical... I choose to ignore it.
0: <laughs> and I head into the rest dump. <laughs> and as, as Toast watches you go, Christine, could you please describe who you will be playing this evening? Yes,
3: <laughs> my name is Spencer, she, her. I am Toast's older sister. I am in college studying biology uh, with a focus on bugs. Ooh, <laughs> we love
0: bugs. Big fan of bugs.
3: Uh, entomology. I'm on a path to get my master's degree, very focused on this. Um, Spencer is your pretty average person. She's average height. Well, she thinks she's average height, but she's actually like 5'8", which is a little bit taller than most women. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she's just wearing like a simple um, button down cuffed three quarters and leggings, hair in a neat ponytail. It's a driving
0: day. It's a driving day. And it's a long... Drive, so that is the 100% appropriate outfit to have. Toast, do you follow your sister in, or are you just still cooking on that (laughs) asphalt? Uh, I'm still on the asphalt. I'm going
4: to wait for uh, the other person to get out of the car uh, before I move. You want to make sure he sees? I want to make sure he sees. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm seeking Senpai's approval, and I need them to notice me.
0: So, so Jacob, as you are sitting in the car, who are, oh, wait, wait, lies, lies. Christine, make a poll. Ah. I almost (laughs) forgot because it's been a minute, but you cannot escape the introductions. She almost forgot. (laughs) Hell yeah. Good work. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you, Spencer. Um, so, Jacob. As you are sitting in the car, taking a moment to undoubtedly compose yourself from the sibling banter that you have experienced for the past six to eight hours, uh, who are you? And please describe yourself.
2: Uh, yes, hello. I'm uh, playing Jonathan Spillman Ooh. of the Spillman Spillmans. I'm sure you've heard of us. <laughs> Heir to the once great Spillman business empire, Uh seeking to restore it of course Um, pretty average uh, you know young businessman you know (laughs) slacks and a button up normal respectable business guy
0: and you are in college with Spencer I believe
2: yes we're um, business partners there (laughs) at
0: uh,
2: Southwest State College or whatever I don't know if we named it yet It
0: sure didn't (laughs) That's what it is now.
2: Is business partners how Jonathan says friends?
0: <laughs> yes, we're best friends
2: <laughs> for sure.
0: And as as your last matter of business before your introduction is done, will do you also <laughs> pull to the tower? I'm really working on my segways this season. But, like sometimes it's this feels lacking. <laughs> Guys,
4: season two is going to be the season of segways. Just you wait.
2: Segways, hoverboards. <laughs> Longboards,
0: <laughs> unicycles,
2: e-bikes,
0: knowing myself, maybe an arm cast or two, because there's no way that's gonna end well.
3: Um true story, the first and last time that I rode a motorized scooter, I broke my wrist. Oh, oh no. no. Luckily I didn't hit my head, but I do think that there is still a little bit of Euclid Avenue in my knee. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> In more fun stories, I've made a poll.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. And you actually don't get out of the car immediately. Like I said, you're kind of composing yourself. You hesitate, kind of looking at your phone. You know from experience, having lived in Spillman up until your college career um, and having made this drive before, that this is about the spot where service gets a little spotty. So you're, you know, double checking Google Maps, making sure you know the route. And as you look at your phone, your finger hovers over your voicemail app and it hovers over the message that you received several days ago, the message that was the impetus for this trip. It's one that you've probably listened to like 50 times by now and you pause for another moment and you press play and you hear the voice of your mom's. Honey Bunch? Ah, oh, shoot. Dorothy! Dorothy! <laughs> it went to his message! It went to the voicemail! <laughs> Hello, Johnny? Hi! Honey Bunch! It's your mother! Your mother's here to Say hi, Dorothy! Oh, oh hi, Johnny! are you oh is everything at school go- oh 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 she- <laughs> oh heck so- no, no, stop no, no stop no, no, no. <laughs> sorry honey bunch your mother dropped the phone on the counter oh and by the way speaking of phones my cell phone broke the other day dang thing fell into the crick, but you know what they say the witch will have her way and all that so if you try to call call the landline i tell you it's been crazy over here with the harvest festival Donna, coming up uh, next week Donna, and Donna- love your stalling. Ah, right. Sorry. Uh, listen, honey bunch. Uh, oh boy. We would have liked to tell you this in person and not on the message machine, but, um, ah, your grandpa Spielman passed away last night. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. It, it took us all by surprise, but, uh, The the funeral funeral's gonna be next week and it would be nice if you could come home for it, so so, uh, call us back when you can Honey Bunch, okay? Okay, we love you. We love you so much Honey Bunch, bye. Okay, take care Bye-bye And the message ends I don't know what the fuck that voice was, but here we go (laughs) (laughs) That was Donna
3: (laughs) That's what that was I liked it a lot
2: I don't know where to go to that. Um, I guess I'm getting out of the car. (laughs) Sure. Back to normal life. I've been going...
4: just with like increasing like
2: loudness
4: and like length of sigh for like the past since you've been in the car.
0: Oh, this is fun. Jonathan, make me another poll to see if you step on toast. Oh.
2: <laughs> what if I want to step on toast?
0: Then you can refuse the poll and you will step on toast and that's fine. Crunch.
2: Yeah, this I'm fine with this. Pull refused, I think, for maybe the first time in the show's history. <laughs>
0: maybe. Yeah, for the first time in the season
2: for sure.
4: Jack,
0: about <laughs> making a note
4: of this just so you know, Toast will remember this.
0: Oh, is this a telltale game? Yes. It pops up on the screen. Um but yeah, Jonathan, you're you're a little distracted. Right, you know your grandpa Ernest Spillman. You know his wake is at five tonight, and you're a little rattled. You know, thinking about home, and you just don't even look, and you step out, take another step, and that second step crushes toast throat. Oh God! Just right on the windpipe. <laughs> <coughs>
2: <coughs> can you can you move your foot? Uh, Oh! uh, uh, Sorry there, Tiger. I didn't (laughs) see you there. Are you. What sort of uh, shenanigans is this now? I was.
4: (coughs) Fuck it, never mind. I'm gonna. (coughs) Water.
2: (coughs) And I piss off to go get some water. (laughs) I follow him into the gas station for provisions.
3: Spencer's already on her way out. Oh, no. I'm efficient.
2: (laughs) You pass me and I'm, like, coughing and hacking.
3: Do I want to know?
2: Given your history on this type of matter, um, I think you'd maybe prefer to not to.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that seems accurate. I'll be in the
2: car. We'll be uh, stocking up on provisions for the last leg of the journey.
3: Ooh, will you get some Twizzlers?
2: (laughs) You were just in there. You couldn't have bought your own Twizzlers?
3: I was in the bathroom.
2: Okay, but they make you walk through the store <laughs> to get to the the bathroom and it's actually kind of traditional to make a purchase when in the store for the toilets um but <laughs> fine I suppose I can I can buy this candy.
3: Okay. Thanks.
2: Uh, yeah, but I'm saving the receipt. This is a business trip after all and this is travel meals or business expenses, so.
3: Great. Then put it in my per diem. <laughs>
2: In your per diem or take it out of your per diem?
3: Oh, my God. You know what I mean. <laughs> Any playlist recommendations? I'm going to queue up a few things in the car.
2: Do whatever you want.
3: Okay. And Spencer pulls on her phone and types in business podcasts."
0: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Truly the only source of comfort in such times <laughs> of grief.
4: So I've walked into the gas station and I went to the drink aisle and I Got a water and opened it and drank it all. Oh, oh no! I also picked up some uh, some sour patch kids, uh, three red bulls that I will need for later, oh, and Jesus. Uh, some Swedish fish. When Jonathan comes in, I put all of those into his hands <laughs> and say, "These two, please," and I leave.
2: Uh, yes, these will be um, separate transactions, and I'll need a receipt for both. <laughs>
0: So you all load up, so you have about an hour before you reach Spillman, and paradoxically, as with all drives, the closer you are to your destination, the slower time seems to move. Jonathan, I'd imagine you would take this last driving shift since you know where to go, and the roads out here get a little bit harder to follow. It's mostly country roads um, that not all are paved.
2: Well, I'm learning a lot from this great podcast (laughs) about (laughs) dividends. Business acumen. Yeah, so I'm feeling okay for now.
4: I'm bored out of my skull. I think I have my headphones in and I'm listening to my own music.
3: Spencer is reviewing her field notebook, uh, preparing to make some field observations while they're at Spillman. Um, But also just like looking over at Jonathan and trying to gauge how he's doing the closer we get to our destination.
0: Jonathan, when was the last time you were home?
2: I mean, that would be right as I was leaving for college finally.
0: So like three, three and a half years. It's a long time.
2: Yeah, I guess so. But I mean... My moms would come down and visit, and there wasn't really any other reason to go back up. I mean, they'd bring grandpa and other assorted family with them sometimes, so I, I don't know. I've seen people, and I know what the town's like, and there's a whole big city to explore <laughs> and business to be done, and, you know, there's just no reason to go back.
0: Until now.
3: Jonathan, do you think we can go see the old headframe while we're in Spelman?
2: A head frame. Yeah, the, uh, the crumbling infrastructure of our fortunes past. What a, a fun memento and thing to I mean, visit.
3: It's like the heritage, right?
2: <laughs> I suppose if you want to see it, that'd be fine. That'd be a good place to test out your uh your formula, your new formula. There's a lot of bugs out there in that part of the forest. I mean,
3: yeah, it, we can definitely go look at bugs in the forest if you want to. I, I've always game for that. I mean, I'm
2: more interested in hopefully the lack of bugs from your good Bug repellent formula that we're <laughs> developing together.
3: Well, yeah, like the mosquitoes and ticks and stuff; those get repelled. But like, <laughs> you know, there's other bugs that might we maybe might want to like look for, and they're like larvae and eggs and and that sort of thing.
2: Sure, that that would be a good place to see, you know, maggots and worms and stuff. Well,
3: and like the Actia Spillman, You know, if we just like happen to come across some of them, you know, that would that might be that be cool.
2: That's the moth
3: you like? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, Descendant of the Moon moth, only found in Spellman, like, really unique thing that I'm wanting, I don't know, I was just thinking, like, next year is the year of my master's, like, program, and I was thinking that I could do the research on the Spellman moth, because, like, it's only in one place, and if I could see it now, then I'd have, like, such a leg up, and, like, I just want to, like, see it if possible. But also, like we're here for for you and and your grandfather, obviously, so that's 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 number one
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, um, I just would be careful about poking around the uh the townspeople don't take too well to outsiders, just it's one of their weird little things why who knows it's probably about their witch or something Wait,
4: there's an abandoned mine thing and Nobody told me about it sooner. Also, a witch. We're going to talk more about that in a second. But first, abandoned structure. We don't need to talk about the
2: witch. It's just silly folklore.
3: Yeah, isn't it like the witch has her way or something?
2: That's what they say. That sounds cool. Not how I would describe it.
4: Okay. How would you describe an abandoned building? Depressing. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to go there. Where is it? What is it? Will anyone stop me? Is it off limits? Is it far away? Do I need to like break in? <laughs> I wouldn't do that.
2: I don't know. I can't say I've spent a lot of time um uh, exploring the old infrastructure. Well there you go. Asked and answered.
0: <laughs> the car kind of settles into that familiar silence that comes with friends and comes with the anticipation of nearing the end of one journey in the beginning of another. You eventually turn off the main highway and onto more like a country road. After a little while, you even leave that behind and come down a road that's more like dirt than pavement. The trees that you had been, you know, driving through thicken until you are driving in woods proper. The foliage is so dense that your car's headlights automatically turn on. Jonathan, you know this road well. You know that it will curve sharply without much warning. You know the bends. Spencer and Toast. Well, Jonathan is focusing on the road, are you paying particular attention to the scenery? Are you engrossed in the podcast or your music? Like, what's, what's, what's happening?
4: I'm researching the mind. I know that uh cell service is spotty, so I'm probably like waiting forever for like one Wikipedia page to load.
0: It takes like ten minutes to load So I'm just <laughs>
4: listening to music and then but I'm very patient when it comes to this sort of thing.
0: Interesting.
4: So I'm I'm waiting and I'm like reading and researching the abandoned head frame.
0: So Toast, you there's not like a ton that you can find about it. Spillman is, as Jonathan alluded to, pretty isolated. You do kind of gleam from your internet sleuthing and you find a couple pictures. So like a head frame, which is also called a gallows frame, according to Wikipedia, which is creepy and I love it, is like a structure that is above a mine shaft and it is used to like hoist machinery or personnel and things and what is in spillman spillman is an old mining town the mines have long since been on like not operational but it is the head frame and there's also like a shaft house where like personnel would work and things like that that's really all you get I think as he's doing this,
3: I've like kind of turned around towards the back seat and I'm like, okay, Toast, I don't want to have to say this to you again, but you have to remember that you are a guest and <laughs> these people are having a memorial. So you can't be on your shit. Like, we'll go exploring at some point, but when you're with people, you have to be normal.
4: I take out my headphone from one ear and I say, I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm saying, remember where you are. You're a guest here. And if mom and dad hadn't scheduled their vacation for this week, you wouldn't even be here. Okay. So just remember.
4: I'm a guest. I need to stay out of people's way and out of their hair. Right? Right. The contract is sealed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Great. I turn back around in my seat. Not totally convinced that he doesn't have some shenanigans planned. I
4: can't say the contract is sealed and
3: not have shenanigans
4: <laughs> planned. That'd be against the
3: law. I know, and that's
0: and I'm concerned. <laughs> Rightfully so. Spencer, as you kind of turn back around in your seat, please make me a pull from the tower.
3: Pourquoi? Ooh. Why?
0: Why? I I don't know. Make a poll and you'll oh, see. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's not bad. Or don't make it's a not pull. Bad. It's not bad. Or don't
4: make a pull and then
3: don't see. It
0: is, it is to notice something of particular relevance.
3: I figured that's what it was. I was just being coy. <laughs>
0: excellent. 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 You almost miss it. As you are driving, again, Jonathan's focused on the road. Toast is focused on his upcoming schemes. You catch a glimpse out of your window at this thing. Vines and undergrowth kind of curl up its sides, and it's standing a bit askew, but you do catch the sight of a small wooden sign off the side of the road. Its text is very sun-bleached, but still legible. Welcome to Spillman, town center, three miles, with an arrow directing you forward. And... For just a second standing further back among the trees shrouded in shadows of undergrowth you think you see a figure it's almost someone maybe a woman standing almost in vigil at the trees at the edge of town and you only catch a quick glimpse and you're not really sure if it's a tree or if it's a person or if you're sleep-deprived or carsick, but if there is someone there, she is staring right at you. And before you can get a better look, Jonathan, your car passes that town limit sign and you are immediately thrown violently in your seat, the tires run over something big and something hard. Jonathan, make me a poll. Ooh.
2: Oh
4: no! I'm sorry we'll I'm,
0: so, I'm sorry i'm johnny, sorry johnny no um,
4: why didn't you write great driver on your character <laughs> you bastard
2: <laughs> i'm just gonna write that on all character sheets great all. driver
4: <laughs> it's like tell me your character's name tony the great driver <laughs>
2: great driver black Bell, master electrician <laughs> etc
0: perfect
3: my name's macgyver nice to meet you
0: so Jonathan all of you feel it like in your seats just this this car has hit something this giant bump in the road Uh, Jonathan your hands kind of jerk in the wheel from the impact and you kind of jerk the wheel to the right involuntarily and you jerk it to the left and you stop yourself from skidding totally off of the road or into a tree and you continue on for maybe two more feet before you start to hear a low hiss immediately the tire pressure light comes on your car, and you all feel the car slowly kind of tilt to the side as one or more of your tires deflate.
2: (sighs) Uh, uh, Just Well, okay,
3: it's okay. We're like less than three miles from town center now. That's not too far.
4: Should we go check and see what we hit?
2: I suppose that would be prudent, and perhaps this vehicle has a spare tire. Does one of you know how to do a spare tire? Yes. I say with <laughs> so much confidence.
0: Okay. Um your tire's fucked up. It looks like someone took a big knife and just stabbed a slit right into it. The like back right tire is like completely flat. The right side on the pass, like the front one, is not as bad, but is still punctured. And as you walk back a couple feet to kind of scope out, like, was there something in the road? Is it weird? You see the culprit is something pretty mundane, actually. There is a very, very large tree root that has poked up and out of the earth. Mm. It's like very knobbled, kind of speckled, black and gray tree bark, almost like like a birch tree-ish but like a birch tree that has been caught on fire and (laughs) the roots themselves have very wicked spikes on them that is what caused the damage to your tire Jonathan and also Spencer from your research you would know that this is the root of a coal wood tree um, Spencer is
3: immediately looking up and around under leaves, <laughs> trying to uh, see if there is a Spillman moth here.
0: <laughs> um, sure, make me a pull. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. As you are looking around, um, you do see a couple of. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Tower's only a little bit lopsided, a lot of bit lopsided. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Already. <laughs> it's a little early for that. Um you know that coalwood tree roots kind of spread out in like a I'm not a biologist but like a splat pattern they just kind of radiate out like lightning all over the place and kind of reverse engineering that you do find a couple of coalwood trees in this forest again they are tall and they are looming their bark is kind of peeling off of itself uncovering more layers of the same speckled ash gray and soot black kind of bark their branches are almost like like a lightning strike like they shoot out like the roots in various directions and the longer they are the more they droop almost like a willow tree but with a little more structure than that Even though it is late summer, it's about, like, August at this point, they do not flower. They produce these little black nobule like buds but never bloom but their branches are laden with those as well
3: oh excellent because the caterpillar like this is what they love to eat is those little buds because they're like so like soft and succulent so uh, I think Spencer like pulls up her socks over the like bottoms of her leggings and then like jumps into the brush
0: (laughs) spectacular Meanwhile, Toast, you and Jonathan are looking for spare tires? Yeah. You pop the trunk. Um, I think you have, like, a really shitty jack that you never expected to have to use and, like, a really shitty lug nut thing.
4: Okay. I think we're going to try. I definitely know how to how to change a tire. I'm lying. I have no <laughs> idea how to change a tire. I don't own a car. I'm a child.
0: I will say, point of order. Yeah. Jonathan, your grandfather's wake begins at 5. It is around, like, 3-ish, 3.30-ish. So if we
4: started walking...
0: It would take you, like, under an hour to walk. Yeah, you would make it. Okay. three miles. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can walk, like, about a
4: 20-minute mile. Yeah, that's not bad.
0: Fixing the car is not your only option, I will tell you that.
4: No, that's fair. Toast's way of fixing it is one hundred percent fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think I put the jack under the car, and oh. it's not in a necessarily oh, no. structurally sound part of the car. Oh no. Oh, oh no, oh no, buddy. So I think I probably do more damage to the car. Oh, but... but I get it up so that we can do the work.
0: Oh, but
4: But I think I do like hurt it. Like I hurt the car.
0: I mean, make me a pull so you don't get crushed also. I mean, I'm like
4: under the car, but like, okay.
0: but your hands go under there. This is not a low ride. I am having a flashback to when my wonderful friend Kyle had to change my tire on the side of the road and it was very traumatic. That's fair. Make me a pull anyway.
4: <laughs> Here we go. You're
0: supposed to make us scared, not you. I know. I somehow I always get scared. <laughs> it's fine. Oh,
4: it's we're we're good actually. This yeah, we're no worries.
0: Stop pulling from that one side.
4: <laughs> it's fine. What are you talking about?
0: Okay, so toast. You managed to get the car up. You managed to not crush yourself. You do up the car really bad. And because, <laughs> because now I'm thinking of my car, my hell will also be your hell. You try to get the the thingy thing off, and it won't come a out bolt? because your the bolts have rusted to your tire well, and oh. it is impossible to remove. That is a real thing that happened yeah. to me, and it was really expensive. So, yikes. But... You don't crush yourself. Okay, so.
4: fair enough. Positive. Hey, hey Jonathan, I'm going to treat this like a pickle jar, right? That I can't open. <laughs> you're you're big and strong. Can you? Uh, can Can you do this? I I'm I'm too small and weak and a little boy.
0: <laughs> I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'm just a little guy.
2: Sure, I suppose I can give it a go. You just rotate it like such. Yeah, in a counterclockwise fashion.
0: All right. So, the two of you try to get this car in order. Um, Spencer, you are looking at the Colwood trees, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like
3: peering under the leaves, trying to like very carefully inspect it, see if I can find any eggs or caterpillar or cocoons would be like really awesome. But I don't know if it's like quite the right weather conditions
0: for that to be happening. You do find a couple of eggs. You would know from your research that they mostly congregate towards like... Deeper into the town and up towards the mountains, um, but you do find a small cluster. And these trees are haunting in how striking and how beautiful they are. They also, because their bark is so like peely and fragile, all around the base of them, it looks like there is like a fine dusting of almost ash or coal soot um, around cool. them. Hence, where the name came comes from. I open up my notebook and I'm going to sketch what I'm finding excellent. So as you are doing that, the realization rushes over you. The summer breeze seems at once muggy and cold and clinging. Everything is still. No more wind, no rustling branches, no cicadas, no sound. And it has grown dark, incrementally but undeniably dark, Through the trees, you see that the blue sky has been painted over with low gray clouds whose underbellies are shadowed and bloated with unfallen water. You all smell rain in the air. And you feel in this moment all of the back of your necks tickle, like thousands of little legs are skittering across your spine. Someone or something is watching you. And they are interested.
3: I think I feel this and I realize that I got so wrapped up in finding the the moths that I like look up and I remember that figure that I saw and I get like really spooked all of a sudden and I am like head on a swivel looking around to try and see if do I see anything in the woods around us.
0: So you, you take a couple steps back, like first one slow, first another, and you kind of take A couple more steps back a little quickly, kind of turning in a circle, scanning the tree line, and you feel like something is reaching out, a hand with curling fingers outstretched and poised to grip and choke and squeeze until your lungs are nothing but two empty, ragged balloons when suddenly there is a crash in the underbrush, a great disturbance of leaves and dirt, and you all see a man, somersault out of the foliage oh. tripping and tumbling until he falls to the ground at Whoa. your feet. <laughs> oh <laughs> Um <laughs> Hello <laughs> You see a gentleman, um, and the aesthetic that I have in my head for this man is very specific. It is the sprite of the bug catcher from Pokemon Ruby. <laughs> We're gonna get along. <laughs> He's wearing cargo shorts. He has very high socks, hiking boots, a polo shirt tucked in very neatly to his pants, safari hat, giant glasses. He has a giant bug net kind of held in one arm, hovered head to toe in dirt and twigs and strange other nature substances and he is lying much like toast was lying <laughs> in on the <laughs> asphalt kind of staring up at all of you he he looks at all of you picks up his head looks at the car and he says oh what have we here hello hello oh dear you've got 3 miles to go
2: I presume I would know this man Jonathan
0: you do know this man And it takes you a second to place him Because this man has changed a little bit Since your time in town Um, He recognizes you as well And he like like a gymnast with impeccable core strength kind of licks up lips up his feet and like with momentum alone throws himself onto his feet from the ground like very incredible jonathan he he looks at you with the most beaming beaming smile and he says Johnny? Jonathan, welcome home. How very, very far you have roamed. It's me. It's me, your your friend, Arthur McCouple. How very nice it is to meet a couple of new friends, too. Say there, who are you? Oh, my Goodness. And he holds out a hand to (laughs) you, Spencer, and another hand to you, Toast, to shake. (laughs) Crossed.
4: I grab his hand with both of mine and I shake it fervently and tell him, My name is Toast and I think I love you.
3: Uh, My name's Spencer. And I'm like so conflicted because, like, the chaos of this man is unparalleled, but, like, clearly he is a bug person as well.
1: He
0: is he is he even has those little like bug carrier things yeah that during the tumbling did open and are now empty like there's oh. like shit crawling out and stuff like a really good beetle's just gone forever now
3: i, I think um, that i'm like i like stoop down because i like you can't lose your sample and so <laughs> so i like stoop down and try and like catch the beetle back in it and like hand it back to him and i'm like spencer it's
0: nice to meet you <gasps> Oh, the couple, you said? <laughs> yes, yes, that is my name of bug hunting fame. Thank you for for helping me catch this bug. I, may I give you a hug? <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, though. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, yeah, he's all about it. Toast, he like, like gives you a bear hug and like picks you up off the ground a little bit. And one quick thing, Spencer, when you went to hand him the beetle back, um, which he very, very carefully puts back in its carrier and throws in some little leaves and grass and stuff, um, you notice that he has what looks like... Somewhere between, like, a tattoo and a scar running from, like, the base of his palm up to, like, his forearm. And the closest thing I can think to describe it to is, like, a Lichtenberg figure. It's, like, a, a radiation. <laughs> I might be saying it wrong. It's, like, the the scar pattern that some people get when they survive being struck by lightning. It almost looks like an explosion of lightning or, like, tree roots that kind of just are stamped on the skin. Okay, interesting.
4: It's on his palm going up his arm?
0: It, yeah, like it's about maybe like 2 2 or 3 inches long. It almost looks like like the beginnings of like a tattoo sleeve kind of. Cool. And he says, "Yes, yes, Arthur MacGupple, you seem to be in some trouble."
2: Um yes, the um the poorly maintained road seems to have damaged my vehicle. I don't suppose um you could give us a ride into town for the wake? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh, Jacob, you really oh. set this one up. So <laughs> our, uh, Arthur McGuffle kind of looks at your car and looks down the road and sees the the plant growth jutting out from the soil and he very dramatically sighs and he says, "Ah, the roots Roots run deep and creep amongst the soot-stained dirt. Roots are the fingers that stretch through the flesh of the earth, underfoot and underbrush. We are in the center of a giant's palm, waiting to be crushed. And he kind (laughs) of looks off into the distance for a second and gets very (laughs) like existentially messed up.
2: (laughs) So that's a no?
4: (laughs) Hey, Arthur? Artie, are you good?
0: I can't say, but ask me again another day. <laughs> and just, just another point, Jonathan. You know Arthur, like you lived here. He's a couple years older than you. Like you went to high school together.
2: Oh, this isn't like an old old guy. <laughs> no,
0: no, he's like in his like late twenties. Um, he also, <laughs> he also did not speak this way the last time you were here. Oh, oh, he's always been eccentric, but
3: this is new. Spencer doesn't know what to do with this man, and so I'm just looking to Jonathan for any sort of like clue of what's
4: happening here. I, I think I have found my new home. <laughs> This is where I belong. In the woods with Arthur McGupple. With Arthur McGupple and also with Jonathan. Like, everyone's so nice here and so good. This is such a, I like it here.
0: Big fan of Spillman.
4: I'm going to get a t shirt.
2: Oh, they don't make those.
3: I went to Spillman and all I got was a really strange poem about my existential smallness.
0: (laughs) After like a second, he kind of like shakes. And he kind of gets himself out of it, and he blinks for a couple seconds, and he says, "You know, being on time is smart. You can hop in my golf cart." And he like gestures into the woods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cool. So you've um completely lost your marbles. Um, <laughs> is anyone coming to pick you up, or what? What's the deal?
0: What do you mean? What What happened to me? Oh, why, it all happened at the base of a tree. And he just nods, as if that tells you multitudes.
2: Yeah, Jonathan's going to sigh at that, just, (sighs) okay. um...
0: No no need to pull out your hair. I have a cart just over there. And he points (laughs) at the woods again. Toast
4: starts walking. Toast is like, "All right, that sounds great. This man is rad. I'm going to grab my bag from uh the car and just start heading out.
0: just in the direction that he pointed.
4: Yeah, why not?
0: okay
2: Are you going to stop him or should i <laughs> i
3: I mean, are we okay to go with this guy I, do, you seem to know him
2: i honestly don't know anymore. He was always a little baddie, but now he's extra baddie. Uh,
3: um Hey
0: toast toast. Uh huh. Uh uh. Uh uh But back. there's a
2: but there's a
4: golf cart.
0: Toast make me a pull. Okay. <laughs> And I, I would like to say, like Arthur Macupel has kind of spaced out, but he can hear what you guys are saying. Like, he's like I right mean, there.
3: I mean, yeah. Like I'm not trying to. Like uh, uh, oh
0: oh oh oh.
4: oh, I, oh, 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 oh. I, it's fine. It's gonna be we're fine. T- it's so wobbly. Be.
3: So early. It's problem. <laughs> it's a problem.
0: It's fine. So Toast, you, you charge right into the woods and they are thick. Like there are vines with thorns. There are more of those very spiky roots, like in a radius around all of these trees. Um, you hear little animals that had taken solace under the leaves and under this like ivy dart past you. And you're not sure if you might trip on one of them, but you're able to make it maybe like, I don't know, 10 feet into the brush and you, see a giant pile of leaves and you start to walk past it and then you realize that that giant pile of leaves has wheels because arthur has hidden his golf cart (laughs) under some leaves (laughs) but there is a golf cart it doesn't have a top it just has like the the cart part there's no like what do you call it like hood awning
4: roof roof
0: that's yep (laughs) but it is there
4: can they? They can't see me
0: anymore. They can't see you because of how thick the yeah. bushes and stuff are, but they can hear you easily.
4: Could I like drive this back to them? I would like to drive the golf cart back to them.
0: Oh yeah, the key's still in the ignition, my dude. Like you're fine. Oh,
4: per- okay. I don't have my temps yet, and I start the and <laughs> oh, I start.
2: Do no. <laughs> you don't need a license for That's a golf fine. cart?
0: I feel like I want to make you make another pull because you're trying to drive through. Very tight, contained spaces.
4: i like, played Mario Kart. I know just... what I'm doing. He says, walking no. over to the tower.
0: This does seem like pole territory. <laughs> and and as you as ah. oh Jesus 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 Bob, I'm fine. Oh, okay uh, I'm fine. Tower still stands. So, so you all. Uh, Spencer and Toast hear like the the engine of this golf cart kind of purr to life. I'm filled with fear.
4: I scream. I scream (laughs) so... I I do a blood-curdling scream. Like I start the engine and then I like (laughs) I'm trying to be a shit. And I just like do a blood-curdling like...
3: (laughs) Oh my God! Help me! (laughs) What does McGupple say to that?
0: (laughs) Arthur McGupple hears that takes a beat and just kind of like smiles and nods and says let the gas in the engine flow we are good to go as as toast veers out of the underbrush like you turn so sharply that two of the wheels come off the ground and you like tokyo drift <laughs> and Hell you yeah. do you 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 nick Jonathan's car. You don't crash into it. You just kind of give it a little bump as you skid past it. But yeah, you're sitting in Arthur McGupple's golf cart. There's room for four. Still kind of covered in some leaves. He has more bug carriers and some nets and some disheveled field (laughs) notes that are water damaged in the back. But you can move
3: those. I look at my watch and I look at Jonathan and I say, honestly, it's your
2: call. Yeah, I mean... We got to get there, but maybe I should drive?
3: I'm a
0: fan of that. But
2: I'm the one with the key.
0: <laughs> and Arthur hops right into the golf cart, like hops in the back, and he <laughs> just just pat, like clears off some leaves, very hospitable, pats the seats <laughs> around him and says, "Oh, more time to spend with one of my friends? Hop on in. I'll give you a grin." <laughs> What? It's at this point that I realize the fun idea that I had is actually really hard to execute. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited
3: to bring him into every single scene in no. this entire story. Oh, yeah. I, I
4: handcuff myself to Arthur.
3: No. Oh, so you're Me in the too. back? Great. I jump in shotgun.
4: God damn it.
3: Do we grab our bags from the car before we go? I have mine.
0: Yeah, you certainly can. There's okay. There's definitely room for that. Cool. But so spencer is in front and toast and arthur mcguppel are in the back of this golf cart as you continue down the road leading to spillman
4: we don't have to do it but just so the audience knows i'm like feeding arthur lines trying to get him to rhyme the whole
3: time (laughs) oh no i think we do need to hear a couple of them oh god all right hit me
4: ah let me let me think uh
3: so Arthur, how's your
0: day going? Oh. It's it's going great. It's that time of year. The harvest festival's finally here.
4: Wow, that was pretty good. Damn it. All right. And I'm like, "Okay. Uh, hey Arthur, I hear there's a witch
0: in town." Witch? Which witch is the witch that wishes for a witch? <laughs> the one we see or the one we don't know? I know. And she knows, but the rest of you? No. What?
4: <laughs> hey Arthur. All
0: right, you get one more, you get one more cryptic rhyme. Hey Arthur, tell me about
4: the
3: mine.
0: Are you fucking prepared for this? No, I <laughs> you am. Are? Uh, I just didn't think you would, a- I thought you would ask Arthur about bugs.
4: <laughs> I don't care about those.
0: He kind of, he, he pauses for a second and kind of looks down, like, at his feet, like, at, like, underground, and then kind of looks around, just kind of off in the distance. He says, things are not right. I think the world might end tonight or tomorrow. It's hard to say what day will be the day. Wow.
4: Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Arthur anymore, you guys. That's all
0: right, because Arthur's screen time, he has a strict, like, five-minute cap. You arrive, (laughs) Arthur will ask you to stop uh, at, like, the tree line before it becomes the clearing of the town, and he leaves you with one, one more patented nugget, and he says, well... It seems that we have reached town. Safe and sound is where I leave you. I have still other matters left to do, but I will see you later, soon. Be safe, be smart, and keep a watchful eye, or Ernest Spillman may not be the only one to die. Goodbye, And oh. he kicks you out and turns around and drives back into the woods. Oh, wow. The- um-
4: <laughs> I still love this man. This is amazing. <laughs> he is the perfect
0: being. You have reached your destination. Finally, welcome to the town of Spillman and i for you have made a handy dandy map of this town you can find it in the chat uh dear listener you will be able to see this map on our social medias please go look at it i spent way too much time trying to make it look like Whoa. a google Maps.
2: <laughs> very good map very good work marissa this is brilliant
0: marissa thank you this makes um, me happy so brief, brief highlights there is the road that you're on is called Door Bar Road. It basically cuts through town at a diagonal that leads to the old mines, which is in like the northwest corner um, up by the mountains and by Kestrel Creek. Which is connected to Lake Kestrel further north in the mountains. As you approach, you pass by Main Street, where town hall is located. There's Bankerton's Bank, um, the police department, fire department, general store. Um, There's a yarn store called Knit Happens. I love it. um, Towards the like north. East part of town is a lot more residential. In the furthest, furthest north of town, there is an, a, a diner called the Broken Yoke. To the west of town, there is St. Felix's Church and Graveyard, as well as Mountain View Hospital. And uh, yeah, there's some other stuff that we can get into. You can look at it later. A nice happen? little ice cream shop. Yeah, the leeches and cream. <laughs> leeches and <laughs> well, cream. It used to be an old barber shop slash hospital and then kind of became a oh bit of both.
4: <laughs> I love that.
0: I think you came up with it, my guy. Yep, that's why I love it.
3: <laughs> Amazing.
0: Um, so basically you're in like the bottom right of this map following Door Bar Road up. Um, and so Jonathan, you take them up through Town Square, kind of up and around back by Founders Lane to get over to your residence. And as you step into town proper, Jonathan, you are hit with this familiar sense of nostalgia. Nostalgia that's coupled with an aftertaste of expectation that sits familiar and sour on your tongue. And you also feel something that Toast and Spencer, you all would almost immediately recognize. This place has history. You can see it in the weathered edges of bricked buildings. You feel it through the soles of your shoes as the ground welcomes your footsteps as the echoes of ones who've walked here before. There are stories here, and you are all authoring but its most recent chapter. And so you make a detour in Town Square, probably Spencer at your insistence. It's one of Spillman's most notable, if albeit a little humble, landmarks, a statue. The statue's a little askew. Um, you see some cracks in its stone base and the ground beneath it seems to have shifted over the years since it was built it depicts a man in what you'd guesstimate to be like late 1800s attire but like not the fancy trappings of a businessman, his clothing is a little more humble the statues, broad shoulders and even broader smile tell you that this was a man who worked very very hard for everything that he earned The statue is, like, remarkably detailed. Spencer, you can see echoes of Jonathan in the statue. You can see a similar curve of a nose and the same rugged chin. The man is depicted with one hand carved, like, placed over his heart, and the other is outstretched at his side, and he is holding a walking stick. The stick, interestingly enough, is not made of stone, though. It's actually like a crude sort of wooden walking stick that's like wood that someone cut and jammed into the statue's hand. It's the same wood, the same black bark as many of the trees and roots that you've seen. And as you've walked into town, you see more of those coalwood trees springing up at various heights around the town as well. At the base of the statue, there is a bronze plaque with an inscription. Do any of you want to read it? Yes. Yeah. Spencer, you answered first. So as you peer down, you also see a spider that is perched there, which is actually very exciting to you. What color is it? It is a black spider with bands of blue running down it. And the blue is kind of, it's kind of hard to tell in the daylight, but it looks vaguely bioluminescent. Oh, hell yes. It almost looks like a wolf spider. And yes, yeah, Spencer, you would know that these spiders are the main predator for your moth. Um, the, fuck, what is it called? Ad, ad Spillman. The
3: Spillman Moon Moth.
0: The Spillman Moon Moth. But yeah, so there's just a spider kind of chilling on this plaque um, that I assume you you do not disturb as you read the inscription.
3: I It takes me a while to read it, though, because I keep getting distracted by this beautiful spider. Ha <laughs>
0: ha! Yeah, it's just chilling. It's just kind of sitting there. It's free. It's, it's it's just living its life. Um but the inscription reads Town Founder George H Spillman, remembered forever for his immeasurable sacrifice and service in protecting our town from a most sinister evil. May his soul find peace and may his legacy endure. And Jonathan, how do you how do you feel looking at the statue?
2: Um mixed feelings i mean it's proud and excited to see my great great however many great uh grandfather memorialized like this but it's sad to see him uh remembered for something so silly i guess as this like he should have been in a fine suit and remembered for his business (laughs) achievements but here we are celebrating some folklore it's a little it's a little sad
0: that's true. Your, your great, great, great grandfather, however many greats, um, really did build the town from nothing. That's why it has his name, but he is remembered for something more country bumpkin legendary. So you think
3: I, I look up from the plaque and I see Jonathan looking at this. And I think I put a hand on his shoulder and I say, you look like him. You've got the same nose
4: i look from the statue to jonathan back to the statue i don't see it
0: (laughs) (laughs) and the three of you kind of do like a loop around the statue like like praising it from all angles
4: he's got your butt
0: (laughs) (laughs) so spencer and toast you're like taking in this this The kind of humble but important historical landmark. And Jonathan, you've seen this your whole life, but its magnitude, especially to your family, is not lost on you. And as you come back around, three things happen at the same time. First, you hear a deafening chorus of bells rock throughout the town. They are alarming and grating and incredible. Incredibly loud, as though the metal is threatening to rend itself apart and open with how deafening this sound is. Second, whether it's from the sound waves of the bell or by pure coincidence, you all get a little unsteady on your feet. The ground kind of shifts a little bit, and you all kind of wobble and stumble a little bit. Third, you hear a laugh. around the base of the statue where you started your semicircle by where that spider and plaque is there is now a woman sitting there a woman in gray and your first impression of her is elegance she is wearing all gray her dress has like vaguely vintage it's like a square cut collar with like buttons running down the front it has i think they're like bishop sleeves they're like really really flowy but they cinch towards the wrists so very ethereal her lips are painted like a classic oxblood red and her black hair is swept back in curls she's again maybe only a little bit older than all of you like late 20s early 30s And she is sitting at the base of the statue, leaning against it, just the absolute picture of ease. The bells end. They only lasted about a minute or so. And her lips kind of quirk into a friendly smile and her laugh subsides as she watches you all regain your footing. And she says,
1: (laughs) Watch yourself.
0: Things have been a bit unsteady
1: around here. (laughs)
2: Yeah like Anything here is stable Anymore Do I recognize this woman?
0: You don't actually Hmm. And she laughs again (laughs) At you and kind of Clocks that you're a little unfamiliar It's
1: good To see you again Jonathan You don't remember me No hard feelings I'm easy to overlook Even in a town this small Welcome home I see you brought friends.
4: Hi. I'm Toast. Uh, are you gonna be as cool as Arthur?
1: <laughs> oh, he's, um, he's quite the character. Did you meet him in the woods?
4: Yes. You're kind of spooky. <laughs> I,
3: I, I kind of lean in. Uh, sorry about him. Um, Spencer, your name was.
1: My name's Eloise, Eloise Blackburn. Nice to meet you. Sorry about the bells. Did Jonathan tell you? Father Wolfram is quite prompt. Every Thursday at 4.07pm, the emergency bells, right on the dot, they test them. 4.07, that seems pretty particular. A lot of things about this town are, uh, unique. I'm sure Jonathan, you'd agree
2: yeah it's a super unique place um great to meet you again uh we've got a wake to get to so
1: (laughs) i am sorry for your loss and pardon me for saying this but it might have been a blessing he died when he did but i'm sure you'll want to hear about that from your family i it's not
0: my place I do hope you'll stay for the Harvest Festival tomorrow, especially you two. And she turns to you, Spencer and Toast. And the whole time she's been talking, she has like this very friendly, very easy smile on her face.
1: The Harvest Festival is something you really don't want to miss. So I've heard.
4: Festival? Why did you guys not tell me about all the cool (laughs) stuff at this place before we got here? There's an abandoned mine, there's a really cool guy named Arthur, there's a festival. And
1: the century tree, of course. Uh,
4: there's a tree that's at least a hundred days old? Like, I mean, this is great. <laughs> I wouldn't have been complaining so much on the drive if I'd known about a festival.
2: <laughs> it's just a bunch of old mountain folk getting together to tell old ghost stories. It's it's nothing. We should, we should get going. Will there be
3: elephant ears i nudge him in the side
2: (laughs) ow
1: oh there'll be plenty of food booths for sure and i don't know jonathan i think i think we can all benefit from a good ghost story every now and
0: again and then there is another crash of bells coming from the west side of town It is, again, ringing and sudden and intense, and you all kind of jump, (laughs) and Eloise is unfazed. And that is the emergency backup test of the emergency bells. (laughs)
1: 4-11, right on the dot. I- I shouldn't keep you, um, you wouldn't want to be late for the wake. But it was nice to meet you. Um, and same to you, I'm sure we'll see you around town. Oh, I'll see you soon.
4: That's so well, that's ominous. foreboding? <laughs> I everyone in this town is giving me so many good ideas on how to fuck with people for later. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. See, like that,
4: answering what I just said with what you just said, that's even that like <laughs> that's good stuff, and I'm
3: being dragged away. So as we continue walking along, I look over at Jonathan. Do you know her? Who is she?
2: It's hard to say. I I can't say I remember her specifically, but it's a strange town full of strange people. They're all crazy like that. She could be anyone. Maybe she runs the ice cream store (laughs) or something.
0: Honestly, with a name like Leeches and Cream,
3: that fits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess your family is pretty well known. It's probably a lot more people know you than you know them
2: yeah i guess that's the case
0: and soon if all goes well maybe the world will know the spillman name
2: that's the idea
0: <laughs> but as you continue further into town um christine you make a good point a lot of people know jonathan and i think it is that this time i would like to introduce a new mechanic for the season Ooh, the season we need a mechanic
2: my uh my tires are busted
0: (laughs) (laughs) well this is something that is not in the dread rules and that i believe is originally attributed to geek and sundry writer david nett um but that i have had personal experiences with in D and D games that our friend Alicia has run for me, um, Alicia is also the DM for our Camp Needlewood. In between episodes. they are so much fun, and if you haven't heard them yet, um, please go listen; they're awesome. But so this mechanic is called "I know a guy." Ooh. Once per season, at any time, a player can call "I know a guy" and just make up an NPC. It will be someone that your character knows, you know, like in this case, like Jacob, it can be someone that, you know, in town and it can be literally whatever you want within reason. Like you can't like, I know a guy, I know Godzilla and he comes and eats the monster or whatever. But you can, (laughs) I know a guy, a mechanic. If you, if Toast is getting arrested for trespassing, you can, I know a guy, a police officer, whatever that is.
4: That sounded like foreshadowing to me.
0: (laughs) I don't know what shit you're going to get up to but we will then roll a 20-sided die to determine rapport so the higher the number the higher regard this npc will value you so if you roll a 20 maybe they're your best friend maybe they you know they view you as a mentor or the lower you roll the worse it gets so if you roll <laughs> a 1 maybe you owe them a favor maybe you owe them money maybe they just hate your guts so there's still some element of chance in there love it it's once per season, you don't have to use it now, just wanted to have that for you to keep in your back pocket. This is very good, That's very
2: this fun, very good. I'm excited.
0: Use it wisely, so you continue through town. It's not a huge town, like you probably Jonathan know most people, but there are some outliers like Eloise, and you go to the east towards Founders Lane, to where your family lives. And again, you are passing by buildings that it's kind of like a hodgepodge, right? Like there's some that look like maybe they're century homes, maybe some that are a little more modern. Some look like century homes that had additions that are wildly modern and shouldn't work but do. Like this is a place that has built upon the bones of itself over and over again. And you just get the sense that life has been lived here. Mm. And the Spillman Manor, as it's colloquially called, sits at the end of the street. It was a manor back in the day, but now it's just like a pretty big house. It's vaguely Victorian in style, but again, has a couple additions, a couple repairs, it looks like. The roof is way newer, obviously. And Jonathan, your home. <laughs> in front, there is a Colwood tree. This is one of the bigger ones. It looks like it has been growing here for a while. Um,
2: Like a hundred years, you might say?
0: (laughs) No, it's not the century tree, Jonathan. You would actually know the century tree is further back in the woods. So the whole town kind of butts up against a forest, which then butts up against mountains, and the century tree is further back in there. Interesting. Maybe that will come up later.
2: (laughs) I feel like it might. You know, some
0: good foreshadowing. The front door is slightly open almost inviting you as if the town itself is welcoming you back and you all have your bags. Maybe they're feeling a little bit heavy (laughs) since you've had to carry them all across town. And you enter the Spillman residence. And you all walk into a hurricane. (sighs) To say that there is a lot going on would be more of an understatement than saying that Arthur McGupple is odd. (laughs) First, the decoration itself is maximalist to a fault. The walls are all painted dark jewel tones, some with flowered wallpaper. And there is just stuff everywhere there's masks there's vintage dolls there's no wait no there's no dolls (laughs) no i lied strike it from the record no dolls none Veto I'm vetoing myself. I
2: feel like I no. maybe
0: no.
4: know some dolls. No, like? oh, Jacob, are you I know a guying some dolls? I swear to fucking Jacob, Christ. are you using your <laughs> one I know a guy for the whole season? I'm severely
2: <laughs> thinking about Don't it. Fucking
0: dare.
4: <laughs> Do it, Jacob. I know a guy a doll into existence. <laughs> no. Not yet.
0: We're just gonna skip right over that. We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> So anyway, there's so there's masks, masks on the um, wall. There's masks on the walls. There, like
3: drama and comedy and tragedy masks, or
0: mm, no, more like like reproductions of like death masks, like the one famous French one. It was a death mask that then got turned into like a CPR training dummy. Doesn't matter. There's one of those on the what? Wall. It's a thing. Annie, I think. Like Resusa Annie, and there's like a legend of how she got her face from a death mask. Anyway. What? <laughs> anyway, there's. Pictures and like stained glass, and just like a whole ass window on the wall, like an old timey window that's on there for art. So it's very overwhelming in a very curated way. And there are also about eight people running around like chickens with their heads cut off you see Jonathan uh your mom Dorothy is one of five all four of your uncles are here and they are moving furniture like one of them is standing on top of a shelf that's dusting a ceiling fan there's other ones running around with trays of food you hear people shouting you hear your mom Donna calling from the back room no jo- no no i don't need i don't need the butter i need the heavy whipping cream i'm making cupcakes not a salad come on georgie and then you hear a crash <laughs> and your other mom dorothy who is so well-meaning but the biggest klutz on this earth it's probably her fault <laughs> but the house opens up into like a big kind of sitting room and then further back is the kitchen and then further further back is a very large wide open family room and that is where the nexus of all of this chaos is coming from
2: did i hear you're making your famous butter salad mom <laughs> i
0: thought you wouldn't catch that <laughs> but you you hear that and then there's another crash <laughs> This time, more of like a excited one. Again, like eight people run out. You see, your mom Donna has on a apron that's only partially tied, and she has flour all over her very nice black dress. You see, your other mom Dorothy coming out holding like two halves of an aloe vera plant pot the the plant's still <laughs> in it there's just dirt everywhere now oh no and uh a couple of your uncles are hanging by the sidelines and your mom Dorothy just is oh Johnny Johnny and they just both tackle you in like the most warm hug that only your moms can provide Aww.
2: Uh hi hi moms it's uh it's good to see you
0: immediately they are like pinching and prodding and oh should can we take your bag oh gosh oh hello oh jo- jonathan said he would be bringing friends and as dorothy is talking donna is like now honey bunch you said you would be here at four it's almost four thirty. like are you gonna? are you okay to something hey you didn't call i told you to call the landline if there was a problem yeah
2: um, we're fine the the cars had some problems though um, oh
0: my gosh are you okay
2: we're we're fine. Dorothy
0: turns to the two of you. Are you okay? Do you need Do you need tea? Do you need We have we have we have butter biscuits. We have um, I and she like looks at the plants in her hand and just kind of doesn't know what to do. Um, we're we're all right. Uh, I'm Spencer. This
3: is my brother Tony.
4: Hi, I'm Toast. I am, and I look down at my hand as though I'm reading something. <laughs> going to stay out of the way and be quiet and a good boy. <laughs> And then I look up and smile.
0: And (laughs) Donna laughs and just like sweeps both of you in a hug and kind of tosses your hair toast. And she's like, oh, ain't no such thing as quiet around here, little man. All right. Now, listen, people, we are in planning mode. We have things to finish. Jonathan, Johnny, Johnny, Honey Bunch, you know where the bedrooms are. Go throw your stuff in there and then we need some help. Butter. No, I don't need butter. (laughs) People are going to be coming in like 20 minutes. We got to go. And your uncles just skitter off in a flurry. What can I do to help? Dorothy uh, hands the plant to an uncle who just kind of is equally as confused as how that happened, and runs off. And <laughs> she's like, "Oh, um, could you could you actually come in? Uh, it would be helpful to have a set of fresh eyes. C- come on in and take a look at the space." Sure. And Don is like. Oh, love, that's a great idea. We need fresh eyes, fresh eyes. Okay, everybody come on into the sit-in room. All right, now this is pretend you're a guest. I mean, you are a guest, but pretend you're mourning. I mean, we are mourning, but pretend, <laughs> anyway, just what? how does it look? And they usher you back. And Jonathan, this is par for the course. Your moms are the best and most, just most hostesses that you have ever <laughs> met. And so they bring you into this back room. Um. Again, it's like a huge family room. Most of the furniture has been taken out. There are some like armchairs and some couches that are set up. There's a big empty space kind of near the back of the room, which is walled by a bunch of big like floor to ceiling windows, like very like old timey. They look original to the house. There are lots of flower arrangements that are placed around. There is a table to the right side of the room that is just fucking stupid stacked with food (laughs) i'm talking butter salad there's pastries there's a little coffee crap what is butter salad yes i said it by accident and now it's true it's a salad (laughs) (laughs) imagine a butter salad you're correct in whatever you imagine that's what it It, is it is it is gotcha um uh, you know, the carpet looks freshly steamed. You get hit with this overwhelming scent of flowers and potpourri. There is also a large bookshelf that looks like it belongs here, but has been absolutely overloaded with pictures and daguerreotypes and like pictures of the family, not only of your grandpa, Ernest, who passed away, but you see Dorothy and Donna's wedding you see a couple of baby photos of you Jonathan photos of you growing up I am delighted to see these (laughs) and also on there are a bunch of like other like family memorabilia like there are some nuggets of ore from the old mine there is a framed map board on which is pinned a Spillman lunar moth Oh, yes. (laughs) And also in that same pinning, those Spillman spiders, which perhaps even at this distance, you can see that there's a couple of them that gradually increase in size in a very distressing proportion. The biggest one is maybe about the size of like like a famous Amos chocolate chip cookie is (laughs) the best size (laughs) that I can think of.
4: I don't like that.
0: I am
3: so intrigued and I want so badly to go like look at this in all of its detail and like truly study it. But I am like forcing myself to keep my attention towards my friend, towards Jonathan, towards his mom's like to what they need. Like there will be time to look at this later, but I definitely clock it. and like very excited to-, to
0: see that. Excellent.
4: I have one goal. Yes. I need to see the body.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Do you say that?
4: I don't say that, but I am looking for a casket or an urn, I guess.
0: Funny enough, Donna is kind of giving you this feel. She's like... Okay, so over here we're gonna have the book to sign in for wakes. You know, the Mm -hmm, I don't, mm -hmm, I don't know why they have two books. They have the one for the wake and then the one for the funeral. That's just a waste of paper. Whatever, it's fine. So they're gonna sign in over here. Snacks are over here. We're leaving some space because I know, I know Claudette's gonna bring some of those those muffins in, and it's all fine over here by the window. No, no, Paul and like one of your uncles is like moving like like end table but it's pretty high it comes up about chest level she's like two inches to the left and like he moves (laughs) it along and then Dorothy kind of skitters up and throws a tablecloth over it and she's like okay so that's where people are gonna share memories and uh oh boy what are we forgetting and then Dorothy gasps and Donna gasps and they look at each other and Donna's like oh shit we forgot to pick up the body (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. This is my (laughs) kind of town.
4: This is the best town. I love it here. Oh,
0: how could, oh, dad will never forgive us for this. We couldn't, we forgot, we forgot dad at his own party. Oh, I think, I think Meredith probably has it already loaded into the hearse. We just got to go pick it up. And Donna's like, okay, but I got to coordinate. I got, I got to finish these ragamuffins and, and, and you were gonna, you were gonna figure out. Don- and Dorothy's like, I was, I was still arranging the flowers. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess I could go.
3: I just, I, ca- I look at Jonathan and and, toast and I say, we could go, maybe.
4: I can drive,
3: and I can fly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's a cool, cool power that you got that you didn't feel like sharing with the class until this moment.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. If we could borrow one of your cars and I could drive you over and you could drive the hearse back,
0: Dorothy straightens up and she's like, "Actually, um, Johnny Honeybunch, why don't you go with your mom and and you two can take can take a drive and 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 talk about some things." And she kind of gives her wife like a look, and Donna's like, "Or oh, you could go with your mother and you two can talk about some things." And they have like. A stare off for a second.
4: <laughs> Who's gonna blink? Who's gonna blink? Who's gonna blink?
0: Dorothy blinks first and she's like okay, I I know the butter salad, I get it, I get it's very important. Um okay, um Sp- Spencer, um, Tony, th- thank you so much. If you could if you could toast. help here, toast toast, good, you can help with the food. Yeah. Oh, um honey bunch, uh yeah, let me just grab my keys. Um I'll meet you out front and she, you know, gives uh her wife a kiss on the cheek and will meet you out front.
2: Okay, um bye, I guess. Good good luck. See you
3: later, honey bunch. <laughs> oh, do we get to call him that now?
2: I stared daggers at you.
0: <laughs> Your mom Donna will come and kind of give you a kiss on the cheek and kind of whisper and be like now tell your mother she's allowed to speed. She can go five miles over. I promise it won't kill her. Be safe. <laughs> and as you as you go to leave. <laughs> And so, Jonathan, you get into Dorothy's car and you start driving across town to Mountain View Hospital and more. Spencer and Toast. The next several minutes is a flurry of, can you put this here? Does this look okay? You get the sense that Donna is the type of person that when faced with tragedy and grief, she gets to work. Eventually, you kind of stagnate a little and there isn't as much to do. You find yourselves kind of standing in the corner by that bookshelf while uncles are putting finishing touches and you hear Donna talking about whether we should use the bar napkins or the dinner napkins, and what color is appropriate for awake? We don't have black, is white to resurrection y, is gold to sunshiny, and just losing it in a controlled kind of way. You know, Donna, I think
3: that regardless, it's, it'll be really clear that you are doing your best here and you're really trying to honor your father in law. <sighs> I think that that that's what matters.
4: What's his favorite color?
0: You know, she kind of like is tearing up and she just takes fistfuls of the, the both color napkins that she's holding oh. and kind of like wipes her tears. And she's like, you know, that that really means a lot, Spence. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just hard. He's had such a legacy, you know, and and, and I worry about Honey Bunch trying to live up to it. But, uh, you know, I think I think blue. I think I think it's blue. I think it's blue. I think we have some of them 4th of July napkins down in the basement. That'll work. And she like takes off (laughs) down the stairs in a flurry.
4: I offer Spencer a rare high five.
0: (laughs) I high five him back. Hell yeah. And you each have this moment of respite, like a calm before the storm as you await your next task to help with. I'm looking at that moth. (laughs)
3: Acty, yes, spillman. acty, yes, spillman.
0: Yes, toast. What are you doing? Are you just kind of vibing?
4: Uh, I can vibe. I think I would be poking into things that I'm not allowed to.
0: Like the food? Are you getting some pregame snacks? I
4: would maybe pregame snack. I'm more thinking of like uh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, but I'm gonna use that as an excuse to look through your medicine cabinet in the bathroom <laughs> and like see what you got there and like. Oh, now I'm in someone's bedroom and I'm like going through the drawer, and I'm like looking gross they're not a dresser drawer, you weirdo. they're like bedside table, and it's like, <laughs> um, what do I got What's still here? gross gun interesting
0: okay, toast yeah you you depart on a explore Spencer, you turn your attention to this bookshelf, and up close, you can really appreciate just how delicate the Spillman lunar moths are. And, I mean, Spencer, you know these moths better than anyone. Would you like to describe it for us? So
3: the Spillman moth is part of the Acteus genus, which is a type of, like, moon moth is what they're called. And they're known for these, like, long tails on their hind wings, as well as these markings on the wings that look like eyes. Or, or like phases of the moon, potentially. Um, they're bioluminescent, which there's a certain type of pigment that's found within its wings that's completely unique to this moth. This pigment is part of a chemical reaction that creates the the bioluminescence. Um, Spencer could go on and on talking about (laughs) um, the the various chemistry and the enzymes that catalyze the reaction. Um, But at its base, it's a reaction that's very similar to a combustion reaction. So like you have this enzyme and this pigment that combine together to release the energy of the light, the bioluminescence. When it does uh, emit light, it's kind of like a greenish, bluish color. And so that's reflected in the coloring of this month as well. It's kind of this like pale blue color with like little streaks that feather out as it goes down towards the hind wings and these bold eye markings on the center of the wings as well.
0: Yeah, and that same kind of radiance is reflected in these pinned spiders. Even though all of these creatures are dead, they still have that kind of deceptive life about them.
3: Spencer would turn on the flashlight on her phone and kind of pass it over the front of the case. And you can see like little bits of that pigment that's like still left um, on the like surface of the wing. Like it's not as bright as it would be when they're alive but you can kind of see like a little hint
0: of that reflection in both the moth and the spiders. Cool. Yes. As the hunters of these moths, the spiders kind of share that same essence. The spiders have an albeit very different ethereal beauty to them, but a beauty nonetheless. Spencer, as you are engrossed in this like this is what you have dedicated so much of your time and your work it is a source of fascination and perhaps admiration in these creatures you kind of catch something different the room smells like flowers there's tons and tons of flowers but you start to smell something richer, something a little deeper. You smell cedar and strawberries. Strawberries were Ernest Spillman's favorite fruit. He ate them religiously for breakfast. He kept his coat in the cedar chest and it soaked up that smell. And Spencer, how do you know that? How could you have possibly known that? It's a truth that you hold with as much certainty as knowing that blood runs through your veins, but how did you know that? And as this scent of cedar and strawberries fills you and overwhelms you, you catch a glimpse of movement elsewhere on the bookshelf. You are drawn towards one of the daguerreotypes, and daguerreotypes are that old-timey printing process that they're usually kept in hinged cases with velvet. It's printed on a silver plate, and it's glossy and has a mirror-like sheen where, if you tilt it, you can kind of see the positive and negative image at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the older Spillman generations. It's not George, the founder. It's not Ernest. He's much too young for a daguerreotype, but someone else in the line. And you start to notice that its lips are moving Uh, and as you look elsewhere your eye catches other motions of long dead spillmans who are whispering something to you desperately you see a picture of jonathan's grandfather recently dead and his mouth is moving and in a chorus the words are overlapping and finally they echo in unison my child. I turn and look. You turn and you scream. And that's where we end. Ah, this- whoa! No!
4: <laughs> what? what? That's awesome.
2: Are we doing Brought to You by the Season? Arthur
0: makeup <laughs> This episode is sponsored by rhymezone.com hello thank you so much for listening to dread and breakfast we are all so excited about everything that this season has in store and we're even more excited to have you along for the ride we would like to give a huge thank you to Mallory Swisher-Kroll for voicing Eloise She is such a fucking cool human being, and we're stoked to have her on board. You can find links to more of her stuff in the episode notes. Our theme song is composed by the incredible Morgan Thomas Mills and samples music courtesy of the American Folklife Center Library of Congress. A full list of our sound credits and content warnings are also linked in the episode notes, along with a bunch of other fun stuff. Check it out! And we would like to give one last thank you to our friend Amber for creating our absolutely beautiful Season 2 artwork. The season is just getting started, and it would absolutely mean the world to us if you could tell a friend about our show. Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow, and trust me when I say that we have tons of surprises in store. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you in two weeks for the next part of the story. Bye!